are listening to the teaching ministry of Queen City First Baptist Church, where friends become family. For more information, log on to www.fbcqc.org. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Last week we started a new Sunday morning series called Identity. Who do you think you are? I wonder, uh, how have you been filling in the blank this week? I am blank. If you were not here last week, uh, that's, uh, that's the big question. Who are you? Who do you think you are? I am blank. You can put a lot of things in that blank, couldn't you? And I know some of you, if you're like me, since last Sunday, you've been thinking about that a lot more. Um, I, I received some communication from a number of people uh, since last Sunday uh, that uh, that question has caused you to think a bit. Who am I really? What is my identity? Uh, most of us are inclined to put something that we do in that blank. I am a pastor. I am a dad. I am a son. I am a husband. I am a man. Uh, we put something in that blank associated to what we do, your vocation. You might put in there, I am retired. I, and there's a lot of things that you could put into that blank that would be true on a t in a technical sense. But most of those things should not be your identity. They would be things that would help explain you. you know, so it's like, I, I, I'm a diabetic, that's not my identity. Now, it does help explain me. It explains some of the things that I do. It explains why I wear this little gadget on my hip 24-7. Uh, it, it explains, but it's not my identity. I don't live out of that identity. How are you filling in that blank? I am blank. This past week, what have you found yourself putting there? Today I want us to consider a very important truth. I want us to fill in the blank with this word. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Now, there's not a person in this room who doesn't have some stuff in their past. Some things that you're not proud of. Some failures. Uh, some blunders. Some world-class mistakes. So uh, you, you call it whatever you want to, but we all have a past. We all have some things that we're not proud of. Some of those things are just outright sin. We know that to be true. Not a person in the room, if you're completely honest, who wouldn't say, you know, I've, just, I've done some things I'm not proud of, man. It's, it's, it's part of my past. Part of who I am. It's some of my stuff. So do we live out of that identity? That's what Satan would love for us to do. But in this series, in this message, we're getting a clear picture of who God says that we are. If we don't see ourselves clearly, if you don't see yourself clearly, if you don't know who you really are, then it's going to be really hard for you to be a healthy person. Not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, in every way. You've got to know who you are. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, it says, Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So there's the answer to what the world says. Hey, you got to find yourself. 
So we got a lot of young people out there who, you know, they're finishing high school and they're entering adulthood and they're out there going, who am I? I got to find myself in this crazy world. Well, here it is. You want to find yourself? Scripture says, lose your life for my sake and you'll find it. You'll find your real identity. Lose yourself. The answer is in me. So biblical identity is, I am who God says I am. You cannot have a right view of yourself unless you have a right view of God. So we turn our attention to 1 Timothy chapter 1, and it's there that we find an autobiographical sketch of undoubtedly one of the most influential Christians of all time. We know him as the Apostle Paul. He was Saul prior to his conversion. No doubt, Paul had a lot of regrets over the years. Paul had a lot of stuff in his trash bin, a lot of things that he wasn't proud of, a lot of things that he regretted, a lot of things that he would rather not have there. He's a great reminder of the fact that no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, God's grace is greater. Grace that is greater than all my sin. Don't you love that phrase? So let's see what the Apostle Paul says here to young Timothy. He's giving a bit of a testimony. We pick it up in verse number 12 of 1 Timothy chapter 1. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. He was God called, God ordained. God put him into the ministry. But notice what it says in verse 13. Although I was formerly... This is his past. I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who were going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So I want you to notice that like you and me, The guy who wrote most of scripture that God used in such a profound way to bring so many to faith in Christ had a past. He had some junk back there. If you know his testimony, you know that he was a persecutor of of the, the early church. I mean, Scripture tells us he was wreaking havoc on the church. He was dragging these people off. He was he was persecuting them. He was killing Christians. All the while, check this out, thinking he was doing it in a, in a way of pleasing God. He was religious. But you'll notice here, he says, this is what I was. Understand this truth. You and I, we cannot move forward with God if we've not dealt with our past. Now, here's what Satan wants to do. He wants you to live out your identity associated with your past. Um... We've been watching a bit more Sesame Street at our house than we did for about the you know the previous twelve or thirteen years, and um, I was of course reintroduced to some of these characters. I we, we had never been like huge Sesame Street people at our house. My my older kids didn't particularly care for it just a whole lot. They were more into Barney and and that kind of stuff. But occasionally, 
um, there's an episode of Sesame Street on at my house, and, and I've got to remember, who are some of these people? You know, I could always remember Grover. I loved Grover. I learned my prepositions with Grover. Near, far, over, under. I mean, I, just, I, I, I got into Grover. But some of those, I just can't remember. Their name. And then they've introduced new ones over the years, and so sometimes I even have to ask Addie, Addie, who is that? There's one character, though, that if you can't remember his name, you definitely can remember his identity. Here he is. Oscar. Remember Oscar? Even if you can't remember the name Oscar, you remember. Who's that one that lives in the trash? Right? That's his identity. Oscar lives in a trash can. He lives in his trash. Do you realize that's exactly what Satan wants to do with you and me? Now, it seems like a silly illustration, but it can be fatal to you and me. He wants us to live in our trash. He wants that to be our identity. He, he wants us to, to, to continue to dwell so much on the past and our past failures and our past mistakes and all those things. That's, he wants us to live out that identity. He wants us going through life just like this. Dragging this stuff around. I mean, isn't that crazy? But Satan delights when we do that. He loves it when we're going around hauling our past, hauling our trash, shackled to that junk. How many of you, how many of you use something like this? I know if you live in Queen City, you use one of these precious blue bins and everything. If you, okay, if you don't have one of these things, then you put your trash out in something most likely. Someone comes and picks it up or maybe you burn your trash or whatever. But here's the thing. Mine goes out every Wednesday morning, all right? Over on that side of town, we're Wednesday people. Those of you who live over here, you're, I think, Tuesday people, whatever. Whenever I roll this thing out to the edge of the end of my driveway, I I, I never give a thought as to where that junk's going to go. I I truthfully don't know. I couldn't tell you. I just know that a big truck comes, picks this bin up, dumps all my trash in the truck, puts the bin back empty, generally, um, pretty, pretty smelly, but you know, generally it's empty. They put it back and they take my trash somewhere. It goes to a landfill somewhere. I suppose. I don't know. Even I couldn't even tell you where it is, but, but I've never even given any thought as to where it goes. I'm just glad it's gone. I'm glad it's gone. I'm glad it's not in my house anymore. I'm glad it's not in my trash bin anymore because I know that, Hey, this next week I'm going to have some more trash. I got to put in that bin and I'm going to need to have it hauled off. I'm going to tell you this too. Never has this ever happened. I've never gone out on a Wednesday morning, pushed my trash bin out there, sat it down and stood there and thought to myself, do I really want to let those guys take my trash today? I I really would kind of like to hang on to some of this stuff. I mean, you know, I might be able to do something with that old tuna can. I I I just don't know if I'm going to let this stuff go. I mean, I'll call my wife. Hey, babe, what do, you, what do you, you think? Maybe we should hang on to this stuff for a little longer. Or, or never have I thought, you know, it'd really be great if those trash guys could come by and if they would just kind of clean up my trash. If they would just come by and just go, oh, here we go, Mr. Lovely. We just want to help you out here. We want to make your trash less stinky. You know, that's what some people think that Jesus does. They think that Jesus died on the cross just to clean up our trash a little bit. But we have to hang on to it. Because it defines me. It's my identity. I did drugs. 
back in the past. I was a drunk. That's my identity. I was promiscuous. It's my identity. I think I shared in the 11 o'clock service last week, there was a young lady who told her pastor not long ago, she said, I do dirty things because I'm a dirty girl. She was living out of the trash bin of her past. That had become her identity. I'm a dirty girl. That's why I do dirty things. You see where Satan wants us to live? You see how we can be so ineffective as believers if we're always hauling this junk around? It's, it's tough. There's a lot of things I can't do as long as I'm hauling this stuff around. There's a lot of things I can't accomplish. There's a, there's a lot of reasons I can't be effective as long as I'm hauling this junk around. As long as I won't let it go. You know what? I have never told my I've never said, hey, babe, hey, let's get in the car and today let's follow the trash truck and see where they take it. And then we'll go up there and we'll just kind of, we can hang out around our trash and other people's trash and, and that'll be a fun experience, won't it? I went on a lot of field trips as a kid when I was growing up. I went to a private Christian school and so our student body was a little smaller so we could do some things that larger schools can't do. And, and so we got to go on a number of really cool field trips. We never went to a dump. We, we never went to a landfill. I, I mean, we, we, they're, 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 no. That, that was not one of the things that we did. But you know, that's what a lot of people do. They want to go back. Even, even if they see their trash hauled off a bit, they, they understand God forgives sin, all those things. They want to keep going back and revisiting that junk. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants to play you like a puppet. And he wants you to live like Oscar in your trash. Now, there's two important truths that I want us to glean from Paul's testimony here in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Number one, know who you were before Christ. Know who you were before Christ. I am not suggesting that, that, that you will ever erase from your memory all those past mistakes, all those past failures, all that junk. I, I mean, there is no doubt. I, I can tell you, as, as certain as I'm standing here this morning, that over the past however many years of married life and, and since I've you know, had a family and all those things, every day we produce some trash. Every day. And it piles up in our blue bin and then we take it out you know, every week. That's, it's just, it, it just keeps going. That's part of life. I, I, and the simple truth is, in our lives, we all have some trash, some things that we're not proud of. And, and you're, not, you're not ever going to be able to completely erase all those things from your memory. It's important to know who you were before Christ. But you don't dwell on that. You, you, you don't spend all your time back there just, just, just weep over all these past failures, all these mistakes, all these things, just living in that and wanting to hang around it. And you know, you know who you were before Christ. And in light of His grace and His mercy, you're grateful that you've been forgiven. That's the key word here. You've been forgiven. I want you to notice back in our text. Look at verse number 12. The Apostle Paul begins there by saying, This is who I am today. I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. That's who he is now. That's what he's saying. This is my present identity. This is who I am in Christ. This is what he has created me to be and to do. Here's who I am today. But then notice things shift a bit in verse 13. He tells us who he was. 
He hasn't, he hasn't completely forgotten all that, has he? It's not like he's standing there going, persecutor of what? Who? I, no. He's not in denial. He's not denying the fact that he's got some junk back there in the past. No, he makes it clear, verse 13. Although I was formerly, past tense, a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, that's who I was. There's no doubt about it. I got some trash. But I think he's also saying here, I'm refusing to haul it around with me because I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Notice if you skip down to verse 15, you find the gospel. This is the faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. The gospel. It's the fact that through the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can be rescued. We can be saved from the just wrath of a holy God. Understand this. No one is so good that they don't need the grace of God, nor is anyone so bad that they can't receive the grace of God. So Paul acknowledges he got some junk back there. He got some things he's not proud of. He's got some past failures and some, and some sinfulness and all those things that, that, hey, by the grace of God, been taken care of because I am forgiven. That's why he says, past tense, I was this. That was my identity. In fact, shortly after his conversion, when, when he first encountered some of those early Christians, what did they say? Wait, 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 isn't this the guy that was, that, that, they were kind of scared of him. They're like, I, I don't know if this is legit or not. There had been such a transformation on that road to Damascus that day that people wondered, what in the world has happened? This guy had a reputation. This guy persecuted Christians. This guy was hurtful to the church. Now he's completely different. What a change. What a difference. Was Paul living out of the trash of his past? Was that his identity anymore? No. His identity was in Christ because he was forgiven. And so while it's important that we know who we were before Christ, it's also important, number two, that we live who we are after Christ. See, I've often said this, and I know you'll remember this truth. Everybody's testimony is essentially the same in many respects. Although they're as varied as we are, as unique as we are, everybody's testimony is essentially the same. My life before Christ, how I met Christ, my life after I met Christ. There should be a distinct difference between who you were before Christ and who you are in Christ. You see, the problem is we want to continue going back and revisiting and hanging out in some of those things of the past. That's where we get into trouble when we're just hauling around our trash. It's like we're still shackled to that stuff. Paul uses two very, very, very important words here. You're familiar with them. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. They do not mean the same thing. They really are not interchangeable. They are often coupled together. They make good partners, but they don't mean the same thing. I, I want to illustrate for you the difference between mercy and grace because these often get confused. Very important theologically. Mercy is not getting what I do deserve. All right? So let's say that one day I get out here on Highway 59 and I decide I'm going to drive 125 miles an hour to Texarkana. 
I'm just going to open up the old terrain. I'm going to put the pedal to the metal, and we're flying, baby. I don't care what anybody says. Here we go. Well, as would be the case with me, I can guarantee you, other people can get away with that because they fly by me like I'm standing still. But if I chose to do that, I can guarantee you something would happen. There would be consequences. I would pretty soon look back, I'd look in my rearview mirror, and I would see some flashing lights behind me. All right? So I get pulled over. There, one of our friendly highway patrolmen, he jumps out and he says, Mr. Lovey, I need to see your license and your, uh, you know, form of identification. I need to see your proof of insurance and all those things that they do. And he said, I, I got you going like 125 miles an hour. The speed limit is now 75. I mean, there's no doubt that I deserve a speeding ticket, right? But, but let's say that, that, man, he just really likes me. He just thinks I'm a super nice guy. And so somehow, some way, he says, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give you what you do deserve. I'm just going to give you a warning. That's mercy, isn't it? That's not grace. That's mercy. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And so understand, what we deserve for all this stuff is death and hell. All of us. That's what we all deserve. We all deserve eternal separation from God. We all deserve the just punishment of a holy God. There's no doubt about it. You can't change that. God's word makes it crystal clear. Scripture says that Jesus came to save sinners. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what the great exchange is all about. I exchange all this junk for his righteousness. I get to trade in my prison garments of sin and and all of those things for his robes of righteousness. That's the great exchange. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's amazing. It's miraculous. But there's mercy involved in that. That's not getting what I do deserve. Grace, on the other hand, is getting something that I don't deserve. Okay, so let's say I'm still sitting there on the side of the road. The highway patrolman is is still there behind me. And he says, not only am I not going to give you a a speeding ticket, just because you're a nice guy, I would like to give you a $100 bill today. And he reaches in his wallet and he pulls out a $100 bill and gives it to me. That, That would be grace. That would be really gracious, wouldn't it? He would be giving me something that I definitely do not deserve. That's what Paul's talking about here. He's saying God has shown me his mercy by not giving me what I do deserve. And he has shown me his grace by giving me what I don't deserve. You see, you and I are not our sin. We are not our failures. We are not our past. We are who God says we are in Christ. And God says that in Christ, we are forgiven. Now, having said that, that is not to say that there are no consequences related to some of these things. Some people have done some things in their past that has destroyed their body. Talked to a guy not long ago who most of his life, he told me himself, he was high. He said, I shot up everything. I snorted everything I could get my hands on. I did every kind of drug you can imagine. And I've wrecked my body. So he's paying the price for that. There are some consequences associated with those past failures, past mistakes.
But Scripture says in our identity we are in Christ forgiven. Now, if you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, not only are you still hauling this stuff around, it's still your identity. The Bible says that you are spiritually dead in your trespasses and sins. That's your identity. You're not yet in Christ because you've never by faith accepted his gift of salvation. So you're still living in that. The only choice you have is to take that step of faith. Place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and accept his gift of forgiveness. Accept the mercy and the grace that Paul talks about here. That's the only way that you can find a new identity separate from that. Jesus didn't just forgive your sins. Jesus didn't just come with a little spiritual Lysol to make your junk less stinky. No, 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 no. Scripture says he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. He has buried them in the depths of the sea. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free and in my heart's a song. I shall live eternally. Praise God, my sins are G-O-N-E, gone. I'm forgiven. But for whatever reason, some of you are choosing to live in your trash. You've chosen to allow Satan to play you like a puppet. You are Oscar the Grouch living in your junk. So every day, Satan is wearing you out. That's why he's called the accuser of the brethren, because he loves to dredge up our junk, dredge up our past, dredge up our failures, and throw it in our face. And as long as you choose to let him do that, you will be living in your trash. That will be your identity. You'll be hauling this stuff around. And it's really awkward. And it's impossible to fully understand and live out who you are in Jesus Christ. I'm forgiven. So what are some statements that we need to understand? Very simply, this is how we're going to close. Yeah, I'm a sinner. (laughs) Know who you were before Christ. And I still have an inclination to sin. My old flesh, it's still in there. There's still a battle going on. The Apostle Paul, even the guy whose testimony we just looked at today, the Apostle Paul said, man, there are some things that I want to do, but I don't do them. And there are some things that I don't want to do, but I find myself doing them. So every day we fall on the mercy and the grace of God and say, Lord, forgive me. Throw that in the trash. Take it away. That can't be my identity. That can't be who I am. I'm forgiven. John said it this way, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That doesn't mean he's going to febreze it a little bit. God's not interested in just making us better moral creatures, better people. He wants to make us new people in Christ. That's why this identity thing is so important. You've got to know who you are in Jesus Christ. So I'm a sinner, yes, but I'm a saint. I'm a sinner and a saint. Now, some of you are sitting here going, wait just a minute. I, I have never thought of myself as a saint. Because in your mind, a saint is someone who is perfect. A saint is someone who has, I, I mean, just, no. The, the, the Bible says when you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you become a saint. That doesn't mean you reach a place of sinless perfection. That just means you have a new identity that's in Christ. 
So quit living out of your past. Quit living in your trash. Quit hauling this stuff around. Quit revisiting that junk. Oh, know who you were before Christ. And, and, and in that, praise God, thank God for his mercy and his grace like the Apostle Paul. Although I was an insolent man, although I was a persecutor of the church, by his mercy and his grace, I'm somebody different. That's not my identity anymore. So while I am remorseful, while I certainly have some regrets over things I've done, people I've hurt, things I've said, all, all that stuff, while I'm remorseful of that, I refuse to live in it. I refuse to wallow in regret and past mistakes and allow that to my, be my identity. So while I am remorseful, I am rejoicing. Yeah, I'm a sinner, but I'm a saint. Yeah, I'm remorseful, but I'm rejoicing in the mercy and the grace of God. And the fact that he has allowed me to have a new identity. Because I am forgiven. I'm forgiven. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Queen City First Baptist Church. We invite you to come worship with us anytime you're near. We're located at 206 Marietta Street, Queen City, Texas. Visit us online at fbcqc.org.